Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. I I felt like I was starting then like welcome back to the not that's the kind of attitude I went in at that that's podcast. Big energy there today, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's because I've actually had more caffeine than usual today because <laughs> my fatigue levels. Yeah, I've not got a fizzy one. Four. Four. My that, fatigue levels this week are ridiculous i just feel i wake up and i'm like did i actually sleep or is it just i've been sleeping all right you know yeah i know you have you sleep like a log <laughs> like you you honestly you just snore and you just you you're gone whereas i'm laying in bed eyes open like oh what am i gonna do tomorrow what the thing that annoys me because i've been drinking a lot more water recently i get up about three times a night to have a piss Sorry for and life. but i turn the light on because i can't see what i'm doing obviously that's really dangerous you shouldn't but do you're that. sitting down so the accuracy is a lot more that is accurate. true i didn't sorry i didn't mean dangerous i just feel like oh my god when you turn the light in the night it's like laser beams in your eyes yeah. <laughs> but what i do is see. even though i put the light on i just open my eyelids like ever so slightly like that I can't really see where I'm weighing, but I'll just try and like, if I can hear water splashing, then I know I'm in the right place. Well, I hope you are because you don't clean up after yourself. I have to clean <laughs> so the <I> toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, it's a good job you can't smell me today because we've just trained before and I haven't yet showered. So you're getting a slightly grubbier version of me. I'm actually having a shave this week and I'm wearing a cap because I can't smell my you. hair's a mess. Well, I'm quite glad that you can't because you've got a good two yards away. Okay. But yeah, this week, what have we done this week? We haven't done a lot of it. Oh, we went to the, um, look at new cars the other day. Yeah, we did. In the BMW <laughs> garage. What are you laughing? Am I? It's just when you envision yourself in the car that I want, all you're going to see is like a, bean. a little bean head <laughs> popping over the steering wheel. I'm in this bit of a predicament at the moment where like I get obsessed with something and then feel like I need to get the best of everything. But then I'm like, do I really need to? Like I would be quite happy to just get another micro scooter and go on holiday every month instead. Mm. And that's the full process that I'm I'm torn between at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's by the by, isn't it? Also, we're going to we'll probably be there by the time you watch this. But we're going to London next week. We've got Mark to meet him for the app. And also, I thought we'd drop it in there now. The next episode is going to be with Alex. Yes, the Gymshark athlete. I'm going to be talking about equality in sport, um, from like a transgender point of view. Yeah, it's going to be a great podcast. It's going to be super insightful, and it's also something that. We really wanted to get someone on who can actually talk about their journey because that's so important to come from their own perspective. And obviously, we can have opinions and stuff, but it's not really the same. I just, a, I'm have, really excited. I for think it's it. good that we're going to talk about it because I think it's one of those topics which people don't like talking about because they think feel like they're they're going to say something wrong, and we probably will say stuff wrong in the podcast. And that's the point of it to get a view and a perspective from someone who's lived it. Yeah, yeah, experience it on a day-to-day basis. Also, just a quick one, because I actually announced this on Instagram this morning. We can officially tell you, dun-dun-dun, that the My Coach School app is coming in June. Yes. Holy fucking balls, it's coming in June. <laughs> oh, Apologies so excited. Do you know what it is, you. though, as well? Because with the app, you know, when we first announced it last august we said march <laughs> march has been and gone <laughs> i can't remember well march. we can officially say now from when this is is goes live it'll be next month it'll be next month because our our app is the best fucking thing the best thing you'll ever see in your whole entire life it is a health and fitness app for you by actual coaches that's important to know that's no actually generally so important to know your programming your nutrition your workouts your accountability, the community, the non-toxicity. 
of toxicity. That was a word. I'll let you have that one. Of the app is just there, and I'm so here for it. Sorry if I did go get a bit no, too yeah. excited. There. It's probably the I'm caffeine. There for that. I'm, I'm living for that energy. It's great. Yeah. The other thing on top of that is the episode after the Alex episode. I just thought I'd fill you in because we've got a couple of guests lined up for the next few. We have got the Turkish sweetheart, Mr. Darren Cartel. Yeah, gonna, we love Darren. It's going to be a good episode. So we're, whilst we're in London, we're shooting a podcast with Darren. So that'll be out um, in another two episodes time, which will be a really cool one. So also, if you're watching this on YouTube, again, if you've got any questions that you want to fire over, want us to fire over to Darren during the podcast, leave them in the in the comments on YouTube and we'll, we'll pick some of those up and go through them as well. Yeah, definitely. I think... The other thing I was going to say, I had, I had a DM yesterday, which... I know it wasn't a DM. It was in an Ask a Question, which were, what were your thoughts when you first saw Lucy for the first time. So I just wanted to ask you, what were your thoughts when you first saw me? Wow, he's fit. Was it? That's quite cool. Well, obviously, I didn't even speak to you at first. He was wearing this green khaki top. Surprised you remember. He was really tanned. I'm talking fake tan. He was so tanned. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Um, Black joggers, saw him at the train station, big guy. I was like, Jesus Christ, who is this hunk? Gave you a little hug. Gave you a little hug. What are you me, Nan? (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean I was like you're so handsome Whoa, yeah that was my first impression I mean I still think that now but like oh, that was my initial and then we were kind of like when me and Ben actually first met we were pretty inseparable like we mm. just got on like a house on fire pretty yeah. much like we spent the whole weekend together and we'd only just met and it was great mm-hmm. go on what, what, you your, what were your thoughts of me I thought potentially a bit of a risk <laughs> that's not <me. laughs> <laughs> what do you mean a risk you didn't even know who i was you're just like quite loud i was well quiet when you, you first went. met me i think i'd seen you Instagram page first. Sta- yeah of course you had your little stalker you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you love you look at first you love posing on those you know pose like girls with the glute ah oh. little bum shot yeah i thought it's a bit of a risk here but we'll, we'll we'll take a gamble <laughs> we'll take a shot in the door hopefully it paid off and i think it's paid Four off years quite later. Well. Yeah. time will only tell <laughs> dive in go on but we're going to dive into the title of this podcast which is going to be about fitness trackers i think this is very relevant because everyone i've walked past probably in the last week when we've been thinking about this topic is, is that a, a some kind of fitness tracker or watch on so i think they're very widely used the topics that we're going to cover is going to be reasons why kind of we will why we potentially rely on them too much how they can sometimes potentially govern our lives, the advantages, the disadvantages of them, how they can, apologies, Gassi, um, sometimes make feel pe- people feel an- anxious, how accurate are they, and also exchanging calories for exercise. Yep. So I think I just want to quickly touch on probably the most important thing, because this is the question that is often asked, is the accuracy of them. And it was something that I was talking to Emma about yesterday from ESG. Again, if you're looking for a good podcast to go and check out, check out Emma's because it's really good as well. Really insightful and accurate information. But we were talking about the accuracy of them and more so when it came to the energy expenditure, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. But I, I wanted to pull this one up. It was one of the ones that Emma sent me over. It was the study by Hills AP. And it was a study that was done on free Android um, watches, which I think was the, the Polar M600 the Hawaii watch and the Fitbit charge. So the Hawaii, that's the one that my nan and gramps have. Is it the one they yeah. got? Okay, so that, that was the one that was included in part of the study. They didn't actually have an Apple watch in there at that time. 
But the conclusion that they came to from the study where they were testing the watches was that basically, to really simplify a long study, is that they were great pedometers, i.e. for measuring step count. Mm -hmm. They were really good for accountability, for keeping people accountable to to things in the step count and exercise. And they were also good for monitoring needs, i.e. on non-exercise activity thermogenesis yeah so basically your steps yeah so non non except but it's, it's more than just it's like me and you sit, sitting here now fidgeting movement anything like that the thing that they are shit at is measuring or estimating energy expenditure yeah so what we mean by energy expenditure and I'll, I'll give a brief explanation then like a more realistic is energy expenditures with some of our basal metabolic rate um the thermic effect of food and the energy required to digest well the energy to it is used to digest and absorb food and then the energy expended in physical activity as well is what makes up our basal metabolic rate um it makes up our tdea mm-hmm, yeah. yeah but th- the reason why again these are probably inaccurate like for example if me and you were to get two different watches like if you were to put an apple watch on and a fitbit and do the exact same activity in a day so you go train go to the gym in the morning do your 10k steps do you know normal movement? I bet you each one would tell you a different thing. Yeah, so that's, that's like the easiest, most simple way to look at it. Like there's going to be some discrepancies in them. The biggest one comes when we're looking at the like total daily energy expenditure. If I pull mine up now, my, we were looking at this yesterday, weren't we? If I pull mine up now, it's usually like if you look at activity, for example, you're using the Apple Watch, you'll kind of have like a thing on your screen, can't you? Which you can pull up. Yeah. And you'll see things like, your movement which is again is accurate for tracking on on the calorie watch but then underneath you'll see like a total calories like for example mine yesterday was 3369 yeah. so that's that's all and everything said for my energy expenditure for the day everything included exercise non-movement uh, just for, and for me to be alive like how does it know that a watch does not know that and that's why it can't be accurate and also i know that my maintenance calories aren't 3400 yeah so that's why it's inaccurate as well. Like there's there's massively inaccuracies of energy expenditure. And I think um, one of the other studies by Stanford that I looked at said that there can be discrepancies by up to 40% when it comes to energy expenditure on the Apple Watch as well. Well, you can, oh, I even said to you yesterday, I was like, because I actually went on to check what mine was because a client had asked and mine was 2,600. My maintenance calories are 2,100. Like I, I know that through experience, through through weighing myself over a period of time knowing that if I ate 2,600 calories I'd probably put on a pound per week wouldn't that wouldn't be maintenance for me but in terms of the accuracy the something that I just pulled up before was fitness trackers estimate your calories burned based on your BMR Mm. so your basal metabolic rate and is a number of calories you burn at resting rate so that's just what you burn at resting rate and it's calculated simply through your height, weight, and age. And once the tracker has your BMR, it adds your daily activity to get the final expenditure. Mm-hmm. Now, a study conducted by the Journal of American Dietic Association has found that the equations used to calculate BMR have error rates between plus or minus 134 calories a day. So that's just your BMRs off anyway by plus or minus 134 mm-hmm. calories. And then also there are actually loads of factors that can affect an individual's metabolism, which will cause errors in the watches. It can't equate for it. So when people are looking so far into those numbers and so fixated on them, and then they're thinking, oh, I've burned 2,600 calories today. 
So if I eat 2,600, I'm at maintenance. Yeah. No, you're not. It's like when you use my fitness pals for the energy and eating it. Yeah, and, and it eats back, back your calories. Yeah, so basically what we're saying is the only thing to eliminate from the watches, everything else is pretty accurate apart from that total energy expenditure for the day. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the move goal yeah. is, is pretty accurate. I feel the step count, obviously that's your steps, isn't mm-hmm. it? If you take it off, yeah, it's not going to count some steps. If you have it on, it's going to count your steps. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is to, to really get out as well though is the, the use of watches and the way that we use them. For me as a coach... Like I have, I've never ever programmed for someone. Or for example, when I program for someone, I'm looking at, okay, what are the goals? What is the best split for them? What is going to be the best way to build muscle tissue? What is the best way to build strength? What is the best way to optimize performance? What is the best way that we can program for them that is going to fit into their lifestyle? And what is going to be obviously best to get results? And not ever do I stop and go, okay, well, I wonder how many calories they burn on a day-to-day basis. That never comes into never, the equation ever. of setting up someone's program ever so it's weird that at the moment you see a lot of people basing the exercise off the amount of calories burned yeah when it never comes into any other point during programming yeah definitely i agree it's not it's not on the questionnaire you ask them so what does your apple watch say to you the thing that you we do ask is how many steps you're doing yeah because steps is important there's a big difference between someone doing two thousand steps a day and doing 15,000 steps a day that is substantially different so things like that you would then put into when you're calculating their calories because they're more active than a person who's doing 2,000 calories a day I actually can I give you one really good advantage that I believe of fitness trackers yeah in general now I don't know if it does this on Fitbits or any other trackers me and Ben have Apple watches and one of the things that they do is they give you a little buzz of when to move or when to stand. And according to the exercise and sports science reviews, sedentary behavior, so that's just sitting, like literally just sitting or lying down, has negative consequences on our cardiometabolic health. And there was also research conducted in the same study with the American Heart Association has found that it increases the risk of mortality. Now, what I think is great is that it will just give you a little buzz of when to stand or when to move around a bit. You could go to the gym for an hour in the morning and if you sit down for the whole rest of the day, that's not good. It's not good for your posture. It's not good for your bowel movements. It's not good for how you're feeling, standing up, stretching, moving around and things like that. So I think that little reminder feature is really good. If you have a good relationship, I guess, with your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or whatever you're using. And the example that I gave you before, my grandpa's 90 soon. He's 90 in June and he has the Hawaii one. So my nan and my gramps have the Hawaii watches. My nan rows 2000 meters a day. So her watch is getting that. But my gramps loves it when the watch tells him to stand because he'll stand up and he'll just walk around his living room. I think Nan does about 5,000 steps a day and gramps is a little bit less. But what a great thing actually for older people just to maybe, maybe they do need that little nudge of, oh, just, you know, stretch, move around a bit, get up. I think that you've just touched on two things that we discussed in the podcast when we talked about the 10K steps one. And one of them was that, you can actively be, you can actually be an active couch potato. Like you can get up and train for an hour in the morning, but then if you do nothing for the rest of the day, it's not enough movement. Yeah. That's why we set that, that 10K marker. The other thing is obviously like great for your nan and granddad is that 
we know that being more active and just being able to move more decreases the chances of sarcopenia and and obviously your quality of life as you get older as well when tissue does start to deteriorate so two great things i think the main thing that you've just touched on there is one of the benefits that i said before which is accountability oh yeah it, massive it offers, accountability. offers massive accountability because if we if for example i've done it before i can be sitting there for full done a full day's work and go oh my god i've not oh, moved shit <laughs> i've actually walked less than my hands probably walked today <laughs> and we will hopefully look at it and go Okay, well, I need to I need to walk a little bit more. Best get my nikes on. Best strap them up and get out get out the house for half an hour. I think that offers that accountability there to to do that. And without that, we wouldn't know how much we've moved in the day. Which I think for uh, um, which I think was probably the main reason why these uh, these watches were probably designed in the first place. It's just to kind of make people a bit more conscious of the movement. Yeah, it was to get people moving. I guess is like the nicest way to say it. Like the big difference there is what you said is you might have sat down all day and you know you've just been working, you've had a super busy day and your watch has done the little ping, oh, stand, and you're thinking, oh, shit, I've actually not moved today. Sorry There's... to interrupt, do you not think the standing thing's weird sometimes? Well, it's making sure you're standing But I can be standing up and sometimes hour. I go, oh, stand up. I'm no, like, so it's I'm in every hour. standing up. Uh, I don't, I've never had that. I have. I've been standing up and it's gone time to stand up. Inaccuracy. Yeah. It probably doesn't fully know sometimes, does it, as well. So the one thing there, which is really important, what you said, you're not, constantly checking it and obsessing and thinking oh my god I need to go for a walk now you're thinking oh god it's just remind it's reminded me it's jogged my memory that I've actually I've not I've not stood up for five hours I've been at my desk editing a video because sometimes you will sit there for five hours and not move and I'm like hello you need to stand up do you know what I mean but your watch is your little bing thanks for throwing me under the bus there I mean I'm not gonna lie to you Ben sometimes you're in that same position (sighs) For five hours, I'm j- I'm editing a YouTube video. Yeah. Well, let me just get you up for a sec. <laughs> Peel me off the seat. Peel you off the seat. You know, I it's... think it is good. I think part of the reason behind that, though, is why potentially sometimes what fuels that kind of mentality is that I need to do twenty thousand steps per day, or I need to burn this many calories, is because when sometimes I don't think there's anything wrong with it. By the way, this is just me personally. I think sometimes when people post on stories or, or on workouts the amount of calories they've expended in the day it makes other people either feel guilty or it makes people think i need to be bearing that and i stopped doing it a while ago because i put um a couple of stories up from when i'd done a leg workout and i've done some leg workouts before and no joke i've burned a thousand calories and people are like how do i burn that many calories in a yeah. workout i'm like for fuck's sake i don't want people to think that they have to burn that many calories during a, during a workout. And it's almost that FOMO of like, I need to be doing that many It's in order for it to be beneficial. Yeah, massively. Because remember the other day, I got asked the question specifically on the ask a question, how many calories do you burn a day? And my response was, you do not need to know what I burn a day because it's not going to be beneficial to your goals. And I know for myself, I'm hella active for one it's part of my job mm-hmm. i'm filming i'm on my feet i'm doing this i'm doing that i'm out shooting content part of our job is to do that and but if i put it up somebody could compare who is they're sat down all day and they would look at that thinking oh my god like how does she how does she actually burn so many calories a day i do a lot like i have this conversation with cal i have a lot of muscle i'm heavier 
I'm going to probably burn more calories than the average 24-year-old woman because my muscle mass is heavy. Right, Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that is actually a really important point to make. Stop it now. (laughs) That is a really important point to make in terms of your muscle mass and how efficient my body is. And the whole reason I put that as a question, it was like, look, if I tell you, some people... Yeah, it was probably just curiosity, wanting to know. But for me to put that up as a coach, I don't think it would come mm-hmm. across in the in the right way or it would be received in the wrong way for a lot more people and they wouldn't find it beneficial. Mm-hmm. 100%. Come with me if you want to live. No. <laughs> you could be chopper. Because that's supposed to be Arnold. Do you mean it's supposed to be Arnold? It it's sounds like a direct replica. Well, I yeah. Think, I think, yeah, what you touched on there is important. However, what I will say is I don't think it's, it's bad if people upload them. Because I think it's good for people to be able to put out like what they're doing. And yeah, it's fine yeah, yeah. to use social media as a means of accountability as well. Like a lot of people will put like a day of eating up and I think that's fine as well. well I'm putting one of those up tonight, but just without just, the calories. It, it's not about the people putting the content out. It's the people that are consuming it and potentially misconstruing it in different ways. So I'm not saying people don't post them. I think it's great if it helps you keep accountable. Spot on. The thing that I have an issue with is that the way people view weight training as a means to expend calories. Mm -hmm. Like weight training isn't a, a a, it shouldn't be a primary goal to burn calories when you weight train. It's not what weight training is for. Resistance training should be used to build strength, build muscle tissue, build self-confidence to make you feel good and and, and to, to build like a better physique. It shouldn't be used as a means of burning calories because to be honest, Weight training is a really shit way to burn calories. Mm. If you want to burn calories, do cardio. That's what's most efficient for. Like if you looked at the amount of calories burned from weight training to doing cardio, it'll be a lot, lot higher. Yeah, bloody hell! If you send me off on a ten k run, I'm gonna expend literally a thousand calories. If I do hot thirty minutes on the on the stairmaster, as a pattern to thirty minutes in like bicep curls and tries push downs. St- <laughs> you on that stairmaster? You just honestly, yeah, wow. I think yeah, and 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 cardio is well way way more efficient for us to to do that. And I think the other thing to take into consideration is as well, like you just touched on in regards to muscle tissue, overall weight comes into consideration when we look at how many calories you're burning during a session. So for example, if we had me doing my leg workout, and then we took a guy who was three hundred pounds doing my leg workout, he probably burned two thousand calories. Mm. Because his resting heart rate or his, his active heart rate will be a hell of a lot higher. Well, if you compared me with you. Exactly, yeah. And we've we've done a plenty of leg sessions together where you've probably expended 700 cows and I'm on like 300, 350, simply because you're a bigger boy. What? <laughs> you are. Big muscles. Thank you. That's better. I think for most people... And I'm even, I'd even potentially say this to clients as well, is that they could probably take their Apple Watch off during a weight session. I know some most people won't want to because they want to keep an overall track of the day, the move goal. But you can probably take your watch off during a workout, especially if you're doing weight training, because the goal isn't to burn calories. Mm-hmm. The goal is to, if you're looking at compositional goals, the goal's got to be to like, the execution of movement, to control the movement, to stimulate tissue. The goal isn't the total amount of calories burned. So something really interesting in terms of your total daily energy expenditure 
Ben already went through before what it's made up of, but I just wanted to give you the percentages in terms of how many calories you actually burn in those specific points because it'll be surprising for a lot of people. So your exercise activity thermogenesis, so exercising, working out is 5%. Your thermic effect of feeding or thermic effect of food is approximately 10%. So that's digesting food. Your NEAT, so non-exercise activity thermogenesis movement it's five percent i that's got to be very very general because i more than five percent of my daily exercise yeah and it's the same for me but i'm just going off the uh research okay i think that's too general me yeah i think it is too general but i'm just going off what it says non-exercise activity thermogenesis so you're fidgeting your steps is approximately 15 percent and then your basal metabolic rate so your calories burned at rest is 70 percent yeah, obviously BMR is the main thing. I think that's way too small for exercise. Do you want me to pull it up for you so you can have a little look? I'll look at it after we've done the podcast. Okay. It it doesn't matter though because I my activity takes up well more than that. It, it depends on like, I think one of the things I looked at this morning was that in, in regards to the population, of how much the population is actually moving, it's very little. So it, it may be like, be, be run over like the general public. I think it's very much general it's the same with like the BMI it's probably very, right it's, like, probably, it's probably not talking about trained people which is probably why where the stats come from that's go. why okay eat 95 to 100% it might, it's probably talking about general people isn't it yeah but isn't that but every single one that I went on went on yeah that's my fault I'm probably thinking too much about trained people but but I guess you'd always, you'd, yeah, you'd put a lot of the things together as well, though, I think, where it's like your physical activity, you could put your knee and eat together because you're walking, you're fidgeting, your steps, the actual physicality. It's just non-exercise. It would be like it? 30%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, your physical activity would be like 30%. Your thermic effect of food would be like 10 but your basal metabolic rate, so just sitting, living, makes yeah. up most of it, which I was just trying to emphasize your point before about people who think... They they just get all their burned calories and things like that just from a workout. What I'm trying to get at though is I'm trying to compare cardio to weight training, mm-hmm. and cardio is a much more efficient tool to burn calories. And if you've got calorie goals, like I sometimes measure this for cardio, like when I'm doing cardio for body composition, I'm not talking about doing cardiovascular to improve your aerobic fitness in any capacity. I'm just talking about I'm looking for a direct exchange and all that I'm doing that amount of calories because I need to bring myself into a further deficit is I'll, I'll base it like that. The one thing we both talked about before is the accuracy of the machines in the gym. So quite often people will be like, okay, I'm going to go and maybe do 300 calories on the treadmill or on a stairmaster or whatever and be done in like 15 minutes. If you looked at the difference between your Apple Watch and the screen on the in the gym, mm-hmm. on the machine, you'd probably be quite depressed because I think they found um, from some studies there was... A where did I put it and put some down in my show notes? Well, I know it was a, it was a fifteen to twenty percent difference, um, or it can be fifteen to twenty percent out in regards to calories because I've sometimes done like three hundred calories on the machine before, and my watch is actually saying two hundred. So what I usually do now is I put a towel over the screen, just cover it up, and I'll go off what my watch says if I'm doing cardio to try and uh, for when I'm looking at bringing myself in to get leaner. Yeah, I always did that. When I implemented cardio last year, when I was doing a bit of a cut, I didn't at all base anything off the cross trainer. It was so irrelevant because especially for me, like it takes me quite a long time to burn calories if I'm doing cardio because I'm I'm quite um, 
I've got a really good cardiovascular system and respiratory system from swimming days. So it will take me so long to burn calories when doing cardio, which is why a lot of the time I don't implement it as much as like a fat loss solution for me personally. But hell yeah, they are so inaccurate. I especially find if you're doing like a treadmill run, they're they're so off because they go off how many times the belt's moving or something like the 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 treadmill doesn't know any of your stats does it Mm -hmm. so it's going off how many times and how fast that belt's moving yeah yeah which is just it's just just crazy unless you put some stats into the machine but even then it's still inaccurate yeah well i did i did sprints the other day didn't i 15 minutes so the belt's on 18 for 15 minutes just going round but i've obviously i just jump on and off like every 30 seconds but it thinks yeah, yeah. i'm running at level 18 for 15 minutes i'm not definitely not yeah it's just it's cannot better. do that the conclusion is better just to go off your, your fit track on your yeah. watch if you rather, are if you are focusing on that rather than the machine yeah and definitely just going back to what i was saying before most people could probably take the watch off for weight training and then put it back on when they want to measure the steps for the rest of the day would probably be like quite a good protocol are people really going to implement it implement it probably not but from a psychological level it might be quite advantageous if you are caught up with just measuring calories in your workout because it's not a really good tool another example how of how sometimes the watch can be more detrimental to people rather than a benefit is particularly when we're looking to reverse diet or we're looking at bringing people's calories up because i've worked with people plenty of people in the past and even that i've had questions on instagram about it when people are actively upping their calories as a byproduct some people will well you'll move more naturally anyway because you'll probably have more energy energy. from from just upping your calories so because you've got more input the output may then be higher because you've got more energy when you're coming out with deficit and that's fine the thing that you don't want to get into the habit of is exchanging calories for exercise i because you're then bringing your calories up thinking oh god do more steps now like the whole point of being in a reverse diet is, me, is to try and reduce the def- is to try and reduce the deficit. If you're bringing calories up, but then as a consequence of that, purposely increasing your output, i.e., moving more, whether that's through exercise or whether that's through steps, you're make you're making the deficit stay exactly the same, even though you're increasing your food. Yeah, you've just been so counterproductive. You just like cancelled it out, really, haven't you? And it's fine if you if you've got more energy, you're naturally moving more. But if you're actively, from a, a psychological point of view, worried that you're increasing your food, so then upping your step count, that's where we've got to be careful because we never and we should never be using exercise as an exchange for calories because this is where potentially we run into eating disorders and something known as non-purge bulimia, which is where you use exercise exercise to try and burn off calories that you've potentially binged on or over ate before. Mm. And trust me, because I've been there and that's what I used to do, is use exercise as a means to burn off calories of when I'd over it or when I've, when I'd eaten any calories before. And it's, it's something that we've got to be very, very, very careful of, very careful of in regards to our mentality because it's easy to kind of go down that slippery slope. But it's also with that as well, it's very easy and very common to overestimate your calories burned. Like we've just spoke about, you're probably not burning that amount of calories in a day you know from like if you're checking your trackers and your watches I'm, it's like I'm also you kind can of overestimate from like a step it. point of view like some people will chase twenty thousand steps a day yeah and if and they've increased their calories 
Yeah, yeah. But some people will, will kind of see that as the benchmark and chase 20,000 steps, which is quite a lot, by the way. I mean, some people will naturally do this. Like, we've got a couple of people in the school whose step counts are just so high because I think they just, they dog walk and they do other stuff. Like, for example, Dyrin will probably speak to her about it. Like, his steps are so high all the time because he's walking around London yeah, all the time. Yeah, same as my best friend, Fliss. She walks everywhere. Yeah, so there's people who are going to have naturally higher step counts. And you shouldn't look at those people and go, I need to meet that. If you're forcing yourself and you've got low energy and you're struggling to hit it, probably trying lower a little bit is, is going to be advantageous. Like getting your steps in is great. Pushing yourself too hard, probably not. Like we spoke about the other week, there's probably going to be a, ma- uh, a maximum effort versus a return on investment of it. And it's going to get to a point where you put too much effort in and you're not really getting any extra return from it. I think as well, it's for some people, it's very easy to get obsessed with performance and data in terms of it can become quite easy to get very fixated on specific numbers. And for some people, an Apple Watch or a Fitbit might end up not helping them with their goals. It might end up like doing the opposite effect. And I think aiming to improve your performance is absolutely not an issue, but losing the joy to work out is. So if you just lose your enjoyment to actually just go to the gym smash a session because all you're thinking about is the calories burned that's not enjoyable yeah that you don't want to just focus on that in a session it completely takes away the point of why you're personally working out what are your goals like you said build muscle um i want to lose fat i want to do this i want to increase my cardiovascular health if all you're doing in that session is looking at your watch every two seconds and then you go and do some more and try and get your heart rate up just to hit a calorie number, that's not healthy for for the individual's mindset. That's not something you should be focusing on, which is why obviously, yeah, you said it's important that if sometimes you don't wear your watch to the gym, if you have that mentality where you're completely obsessed with the numbers and watching it like tick over, I think that's when it can become quite detrimental rather than advantageous i think that's the the the, the, the word that you've hit, hit on the head there is it depends like oh, it, completely, so depends on the it completely depends on what your psychology is at the moment what your relationship with with food and exercise if we're just talking for someone like going going at, um a program or going at a goal and they've kind of got no negative associations with these kind of things they're great because we live in a data-driven world and like having more data for a lot of people is a really good thing mm-hmm. to help keep accountable, to help measure stuff, to help measure lifts, to help measure progress. Like it's great. We can use scales, we can use um body fat calipers, we can use other metrics, we can use photos, we can use heart rate monitors, like all sorts of stuff to track data. For for a lot of people and probably the people we're speaking to at the moment, you probably don't need to track that many aspects of fitness and it becomes overly complicated. Like for example, we've been speaking before the program that I'm following at the moment, how much data I'm currently taking will be way too much for someone else who's just looking to be a bit fitter, be a bit healthier, build a bit of muscle tissue because it gets to a point where like you don't really need to take that many data points and it potentially for some people becomes a bit of a headache. And I think again, like Apple Watches are a great motivator and they're really good at helping people stay motivated and like accountable, like I said before. But like with anything in life, I think if you use something too much or you do something too much of anything it potentially has some negative effects exactly the same with my fitness pal that we were talking about last week if you use my fitness pal every single day like you probably don't need to mm. you don't need to look at it every single day to know what calories you're hitting probably the same with your app watch you don't need to check it every hour every five minutes to see what current currently on and if you're probably doing that it's probably getting to the point where it's like do you know what potentially your relationship with that 
isn't great and you could probably take and do taking some time away from it remember like that youtube video on it where i didn't wear it for a whole day i felt mm-hmm. great you know yeah just didn't look at anything didn't know what steps i was on didn't know what my exercise was didn't know what i'd done i just took it off for a day and yeah. it, it felt quite liberating just to just to do that for one day just to see how it how it felt and again we need to kind of not overuse stuff so that we still have healthy relationships with exercise and not allow it to govern our lives yeah and something that i actually did quite recently so when i had my moles removed i wasn't training for about two or three weeks and i'm usually a very active person and i to be honest i didn't want to look at that activity ring on my watch so what i ended up doing and i've still got it on now because i love it it's great that you did that all i can see on the face of my apple watch is the weather the time a timer and then it has a daily quote so that's all i can see whereas i used to just be able to see the activity ring so at that moment in time my headspace wasn't quite there i think because i don't like i don't like being inactive and i f- i couldn't because i just had an operation didn't really like it felt couldn't even walk could i so i wasn't yeah. doing anything so for me to get a little gratitude popping up on my apple watch throughout that period and I, i've not changed it back since because i'm Good. not i don't need to look at that activity ring for me i just don't so that's actually something really important to know if you know in your head that maybe you're not in the best space, like headspace with with a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, change the screen. You can that's what Apple right, yeah. you can change the screen to whatever you want. I love my little daily gratitudes popping up. So we've got when I help others, my life flourishes. It's good like that. That's the one I've got. I up think there. that's important what you put on there is about with injury mm-hmm. or with other stuff like that. Your Apple Watch will like usually know like what calories you've used to burn, and sometimes I think it says to you like, "Oh, you're under this week." And I think that's where for some people like if you're injured or whatever, just take it off mm. because it's good. You're just gonna get. I end up taking. You're it gonna off, get. You're gonna get fucked off of it. It's gonna piss you off. It's gonna make someone remind you, "Oh, mate, you haven't fucking walked." Yeah, it was, it was telling me to stand like. It's, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's like, okay, it's take it off. Up. I think you was you spoke to a girl this week on Instagram about like she just had an operation and oh yeah, I did, and she's reducing calories and stuff and trying to up her movement and again like. We're in in situations like that, if you're injured, like it's probably best to delete my fitness pile. Probably best to delete or, or or take your watch off because it's just gonna remind you of things that you can't do at that moment in time. And the goal has got to be for you to to just recover, rehab, and get to a, a good place again. Yeah, well, this girl in particular, she'd had her appendix removed. I've had mine removed. Did you know that? I, I did know that. Yeah, I did know that completely. Can I just quickly tell the story before you go on? No, I can't deal with that story in the so, podcast. Basically, <laughs> I had my appendix removed when I was like 15, around like, I think it was around my sats. And anyway, I was in agony for like two weeks. The worst stomach pit. Why are you laughing? It's a very serious story. The story. I was in agony for like a good two weeks. I didn't know what was wrong. Like, it kept me in the, the child ward for a bit or whatever it was. And eventually, like, okay, we think it's appendicitis. Okay, great. So they operate on me. They take my appendix. It was the first operation I've had, so I was already pretty nervous. Took my appendix out. <laughs> they sent me. They sent me home a week later, and then I got home. I was like, I'm fucking still in agony, you know. I was in so much pain. So my, da- my dad took me back to the hospital. I'm in like the emergency bit. I'm fucking screaming, crying because I was in so much pain. I had nurses, two nurses, fondling my balls. To check, like, because what can cause stomach pain sometimes if your balls get crossed over, yeah, you know yeah. that? Yeah, your balls get crossed over. No, no, balls are fine. Anyway, the event, I don't know why they didn't do this before. They eventually took me through for an x ray, <laughs> <laughs> got the x ray back, 
and no joke, it looked like I just swallowed a branch. I had shit up to my chest, from my arsehole up to my chest. I was filled with shit internally because I'd been on so many painkillers and all different medication. It made me mega bunged up. So I didn't need my appendix out. I didn't need my balls fondling. I just needed a shit and I would have been fine. But instead, so instead, literally so I had, I had my appendix out, my operation out, and I just needed a poo. Honestly, that would only happen to them, Ben. You know? I should have sued the NHS. It's not right. It's not right that he didn't. They didn't even scan me. Check I just needed a poo, and they took my appendix out. Could have given you a laxative, and you would have sorted you out. Exactly. I mean, you might have needed a few, but a, still, a green tea, <laughs> flying, a bit of caffeine. Yeah, <laughs> flying. Sorry, I, I knew the ending of that story when Ben first told me. I was like, "You are joking me." That is ridiculous, but... But you know what, though? You should have seen the first poo I had. I don't want to know about <laughs> the first poo. Um, so, yeah, no, this girl had had her appendix removed, and I was actually sent this girl's story, <clears throat> and because she was a personal trainer, and, and so many sense we were like, I think she's relaying the wrong message. I had a little look, went on a story. She, it was a picture of her in the mirror with her, her operation kind of bandages, saying, I'm reducing my calories to a 1,000 a day because I've had this operation. So I sent her like a really, really nice message just saying, look, you, you're recovering. Your body is going through re- recovery. You've had an operation because she'd mentioned a story that she's put on 2.5 kilograms. And I said, look, like you're, you've had um, anesthesia. You're full of water. You're full of gases. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't think you need to eat a thousand calories a day. It's you need to help your body recover, which is really, really important. And we had a massive conversation about it. We went back and forth and she ended up changing a story because she understood right. what the process was. And it was even when we had COVID back in January, we were eating in like a surplus because our bodies were trying to recover. Mm-hmm. They were absolute, we were ill. <laughs> we were just ill for like three or four days, weren't we? But we, everyone was like, are you reducing your calories because you're not moving? Absolutely not. Like I'm, I'm eating more because my body is just burning through everything mm-hmm. because I'm poorly. And I think that's important for people to know when they are injured or they're ill or something's happened where they can't train, they've happened, had an operation. It's really important to know you don't need to eat nothing. <laughs> you need yeah, to eat pretty much the same. Sorry, we went a bit off track there, didn't we? But it is no, important I, to know. I think it is. I think, and like some people at certain times don't, on don't need to have that data or aren't ready for it. And again, for some people, too much data is not a good thing. Like I said, if anything, like sticking to the basics for most people would be beneficial. Just looking at your, your move goal and your steps. It's, yeah. It's, it's a great thing to do. It's kind of when it's becoming anal about money. I just don't think getting obsessed with that is ever going to be a good thing. Yeah. So whenever you become too obsessed with counting anything, I just think there's probably negative. Do you know what? I've actually seen people who have, who who've measured the calories during sex what do you measure the calories during sex what do you mean is there a, is there a, is there a, a what is no, there a one for no, it no 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 but i mean like <laughs> they've measured like what they're after cal- it's like me no. imagine that <laughs> hey imagine that no wait there a sec babe just during doggy i'm just gonna put my high intensity interval training on before we get going just want to measure calories for today imagine how weird that or, or you might put this on depending on like what your motion is but whatever yeah. floats your boat imagine that yeah. Why were you checking? There's a, se- a sex setting. I was just seeing what was actually on the Apple Watch. I mean, you can add a lot of a lot of different ones in. You know, you've got badminton, bar, basketball, mixed cardio, social dance, surfing. You've got everything. You know what you would do? Archery. If you if you really wanted to, 
for, for that kind of thing you could add in oh you've got fish you've got fitness gaming fitness gaming and fishing fishing fair enough fitness gaming yeah well, i don't know but like you know what you could add in if you wanted to for that, that for that kind of situation oh we fit oh, okay you know what you could add on if you if you, you want to mm. riding i hate horses i'm not talking about horses that's <laughs> ridiculous behavior absolutely you could have that in there that's what you wanted to do as um i googled before do you want do you want to know what i googled before yeah how many calories do you burn when masturbating what was and it came up um this is again going to be averages it depends what kind of your technique is i suppose one of the this is jordan sex didn't come up with masturbation during sex activity, they reckon a male will be, you don't bear much, about 101 calories. They reckon for a female, it's about 69 calories. Nah, <laughs> 69. Yeah. Trust it to be that number. Yeah. Hey. Um, so yeah, I didn't come up with masturbation, but that was for, but do you reckon that's what the average is for sexual intercourse are? Interesting. Very interesting. But, but people don't usually account for that, do they? That's what I mean. Some people obviously do, don't they? Because you've got stats for it. Can I tell you something that I actually also really love about your fitness trackers? It's like the community element. Yeah, I do. It, yeah. So it gives you the option. I think that competitiveness, yeah. It gives right. you the option to connect with other users and you can be friends with people, like family, strangers, whoever it is. Like I have you, Cal, my sister, and my cousin. And it is the most hilarious thing. Like me and Cal have this ongoing thing. Like you know how your Apple Watch pops up and it sends you like send a congratulations so me and cal when it says complete the workout those little like <laughs> those little like gimmicky like well done like it sends you something and we love it you get through it like a little text and it like sparkles oh, so that thing on saturday <laughs> night with me and you were sitting there watching a film and i messaged cal saying what the fuck have you been doing today <laughs> it is funny though like we can take it as a joke sometimes and cal's like i didn't have my watch on <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I like the element yeah, of I, I mean, you can connect and communicate with people. I've had a great part of it. Quite nice. is, is that community element in it? There's there's people who created groups of like step counts and and creating some competitiveness. I think is great as long as you're in the the right place to do that. And again, that's why we're adding to the app the feature where all your data from Apple Health will be uploaded to your account on your profile and micro school because it allow you track to track steps. It'll allow you to track like movement and mm-hmm. I, I think you've got a couple of other things as well. So that's yeah, why Apple we're in- and Samsung yeah. Health. Don't forget Samsung. Yeah, that's why we're including it on there because I think it's really useful for for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've been through physically everything that I could possibly talk yeah, about. I think tracker. I think potent- my conclusion would be that I am very <laughs> to conclude. <laughs> I am I am very pro watch. I'm I'm yeah. pro people using the watches. It's not I'm against it. I just wanted to, to discuss some of the the drawbacks potentially from them for some people in regard, m- mainly in regards to the inaccuracy of them. And the second one being like, don't be consumed by the calories um, burned during workouts. I think I'm a, my two main points and instead use cardio to burn calories. If it's for body compositional purposes, like it's a great, it's the best tool that you can, you can use. Yeah. I think and, this is and the prob- thing. And probably if you go into in, indulging in adult activities, don't, don't turn your watch on. Yeah, that's a bit weird, isn't bit it? Weird, yeah. Oh, sorry, wait. Five more calories to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep going. <laughs> 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 no, but the thing is, with with a fitness tracker, 
if like using data is great, you know, for fitness goals and sports goals and everything like that. Like for me, when I was a swimmer, and I was saying to you before, we used to collect so much data, like lactates, bloods, quite intensely. Our jump metrics, our st- everything was kind of tracked. And that was really great. That was such valuable data to use to better our performance in the pool. Mm-hmm. And if you can use an Apple Watch or a fitness tracking now to benefit your performance, great. That's so fantastic. However, if you're not psychologically in the right place to have a sound relationship with an Apple Watch, or I say Apple Watch because we have them, a fitness tracker, probably take it off for a bit. Try and take it off for a few days a week if you notice in yourself. So if we said to you now, okay, whoever's listening, take off your Apple Watch for a day. If you feel you physically can't take it off, and you're, you need to know what your numbers are that day, that's when you probably know you're a little bit too obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. That's probably quite a good measure. So anyone listening now who feels like they can't take their watch off, just have a little see at your relationship with that thing on your wrist. Yeah, 100%. Oh, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are listening to it on Apple, iTunes, podcast. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Or you're listening to it on Spotify and you want to check out the YouTube channel, just type in the Not So Fit Couple podcast. Because the other thing that you can do there is you can ask questions about, like if you've watched the podcast and you've gone, I want, I'd like to know a little bit more about yeah. that. You can ask questions in the YouTube channel and we'll we'll get we'll try and get back to to pretty much all of them and go into a bit more detail if you have anything else that is on your mind. Also, if you're listening to it on Apple. Please, please, please continue to leave reviews because they mean a lot to us, especially with the uh, BBC Podcast Awards coming up. It would mean the world if you could leave a review and let us know what you think, as long as it's five star. Obviously. Obviously. And then obviously, just continue to shout on story and stuff as well because me and Lucy will try to get back to everyone who tags. Try. We can't get back to everyone, but we do appreciate you you tagging the podcast and and when you're out and about walking, getting your steps in and stuff, tuning in and um, I'm sharing it. Yeah, definitely. So as always, guys, thanks so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.